You look really good. You look really good, as usual, on a gorgeous weekend. Hope you're having some fun and getting outside. It's still August, right? Take advantage of it. Enjoy it all you can. Well, it's fun to uh, talk today, uh, continue our series called Off-Road, which is so fun just by itself, just going off-road every now and then, especially in Colorado, is a lot of fun. We have been looking at the book of Exodus so if you've been kind of in and out this summer, hopefully you've been able to stay up with us. We are in Exodus 36, and it's one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible because of what happens and because of the generosity and the giving of God's people. It's phenomenal what happens. It has to do with gifts. I've called this message, You're Gifted. Just turn to your neighbor right now and say, you are amazing at what you do. Go ahead, just say it. Just see what they say. <laughs> <laughs> How many of you, they didn't, they didn't say it to you very convincingly? Let me see your hand. <laughs> oh, that's fun. You are gifted. We all are gifted. I had a birthday not too long ago, and it was fun to get gifts, monetary gifts that are wrapped or in a bag, and, and even, even little things that we have in our pocket. I think I still have a, a Timberline Cafe gift card that'll allow me to get a coffee or a drink or something. We like gifts. We, we like to receive them, we like to give them. It's the thoughtfulness of people. But I'm not talking about the tangible gifts like that. I'm talking about gifts that God gives us built in us. It's the DNA piece. It's the genetic code that God put in you from before you were born, in the womb. God has something in mind for your life, and you are gifted. It takes a lifetime for some people to find the gifts that God has given them. Other people find them right away and start using them for the glory of God. But all of us have certain gifts, and we have different kinds of gifts. And so I want to talk about that in this weekend to just kind of help you see the power of our diversity as a church. And what God has in mind for us is bigger than any of us know. It's just a crazy thing what is happening. So the first thing on your, uh, in your program there on the back, there's an outline. If you want to take notes, uh, number one is this. Gifts come in a variety pack. Gifts come in a variety pack. Now, I'm just curious if I'm not the only one here. When I say variety pack, what do you think of when you think of variety pack? Chips. Chips. That, that's a good one. That's been common all week. What else? C cereal. That's right. Cereal. I still remember as a kid, one of my favorite times was when my mom would bring home uh, from the grocery bags the, those cereal packs that are about this big, you know, and they're like doubled up and they're like cellophane up, and they're all different. And you're like, oh, wow, I get to try all of these, right? And so you look so forward to it, and you get it out, and you pour it in the bowl, and the picture on the box and the picture in the bowl, and you taste it, and you kind of go, not so much on that one. <laughs> but you have more choices, <laughs> right? How many of you always ate your favorite ones first? You know, I grew up with five kids in our family, so I always took those and took them to my bedroom fast. You know, you got to help mom unload the car with groceries. That's the key to getting the cereal you want. If you're a young person, you need to pay attention and listen to that. Exodus 36, verse 1. It's powerful what it says. The Lord have, has gifted Bezalel and Oliab and the other skilled craftsmen with wisdom and ability to perform any task 
involved in building the sanctuary. They're getting ready to build this sanctuary. It's a powerful day for the Israelites. They have come out of Egyptian bondage. They've been slaves for 400 years. The plagues have happened. Moses and Aaron have led them out into the desert, and they're journeying with God, and all this stuff is happening. They've been told to build the tabernacle. Let them construct and furnish the tabernacle just as the Lord has commanded. It's fascinating to me that Moses was told by God to release this sanctuary to these two guys and all the other people who would do the work. You don't see Moses stepping back and saying, but wait a minute, I want to do that part. He's probably relieved that he doesn't have to do that part. But he's not gifted to do that part. These guys are gifted to go in with their construction crews and literally begin the building of the sanctuary and the tabernacle. I love one of my favorite quotes, and I have a lot of them, from Dick Foth. He said, you've heard him say this, we are all ignorant, just in different places. <laughs> you think that's true? Then this would be true also. We are all gifted, just in different places. And I think that's the power of a setting like this and a room like this and a church like this. This church blows my mind with its diversity. Um, how many of you have done work with electricity, like an electrician stuff? A lot of you. Look at that. Wow. I've tried. Um, I, I, I have learned to, to, you do need to turn the power off to whatever outlet. You, you, that's, a, that's an important component. Uh, any plumbers? Thank God for plumbers. Man, if you ever, we lived in a house one time where if you're in the shower and someone flushes the toilet, you get scalded in the shower. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And uh, man, I just, I appreciate a good plumber. Teachers, how many of you are teachers? You just, man, we just love teachers. I think of what you do and how you, medical professionals, we need you. We thank God for, for you. Some of you are in business. Anybody work with law? Lawyers, attorneys, judges, all that? Okay, a few of you, we'll pray for you later. Um, <laughs> We're grateful. We're grateful for you. How about services like hair, nails, grooming, that kind of a cosmo, you know, all that, all that stuff. Food industry. Anybody in the food industry? Thank God for you. Um, how many of you have a job? I just haven't listed your job, okay? But you have gifts. You have gifts. That's the point I want to make is you are gifted. You are doing things that you can do. And not everyone can do the things that you do. Listen, there is a big difference. I want you to get this concept. There's a huge difference between me doing something, you doing something, us doing something. The scope is entirely different. There's a few things I can do and I can do well. There's some things you can do and you can do well. But when I think of us, I mean, it, it's like massive change in what we can accomplish together. And that's why God says, these people know what they're doing. Let them build the tabernacle. I was uh, so pleased with yesterday. How many of you rocked somebody yesterday? Wave your hand at me. Look around. How many of you have no idea what that means? Okay. We have this new thing. This is really cool. Uh, m months ago now, Timberline kind of launched this ministry called Serve 6-8, Malachi 6-8, Isaiah 6-8, and it's now become its own entity, 501c3. We're so proud to partner with Serve 6-8. They did a thing called Rock yesterday, and, and Rock is it's an acrostic, R-O-C-K, Random Outbreaks of Community Kindness. 
Now, it's, it's, it's just going out into our community and being kind to people. And here's the deal that blessed me. This was an email blast that went out to those of you that have signed up for Serve 6-8. Yesterday morning, 260 volunteers showed up to go do these random acts of kindness in our community. That's powerful. I mean, it's awesome. I, I just love it. So, so they go into our mobile home parks and they're doing trash cleanup. They're giving away popsicles and water. We partner with Convoy of Hope. Convoy sent a huge truck with all this stuff in it that we can just give away for free. It didn't cost us anything. I love the fact that they went down to laundromats. This is a good one. Bonnie and I used to live right next to a laundromat and we used it. And we know what it's like to carry your laundry in a basket and go to the laundromat and, and you go through the quarters. So yesterday, people were rocked across the laundromats of Fort Collins. They went in there with rolls of quarters and just start handing out all the quarters someone would need to do all the laundry that they had. And they put these little cards in the money machines that change dollars into quarters that says, you've been rocked. <laughs> I just love that. And there's no agenda. It's just loving people. They would show up where people were getting rides on the bus and waiting. And they would show up and buy their bus tickets for them wherever they were going. And people are like, what are, what are you doing? What's this for? You've been rocked. <laughs> it's just this cool thing that God through you made a difference. City Park, treats, retirement communities. Many of you went and just visited with people who haven't had a visitor in days or even weeks just to hear their story. They've been rocked. Random acts of kindness. That's a powerful thing. That's God-sized stuff. Number two, gifts are useless without the eagerness of the will. Now, I really want us to think about this because you may be really gifted, but your will kicks in or it doesn't kick in, and it makes a difference in how well you use your gifts. So let me read verse 2. This, you'll understand this. So Moses summoned. That means to place, to call for, to release to. Bezalel and Oliab. And all the others, notice that, all the others who were what? Specially gifted by the Lord. I just want to say, your gifts are from God. God gives you gifts. And they were what? Eager to get to work. That's huge. I, I love, I'm, I'm a pretty driven guy. I'm not like a type A driven guy, but I'm definitely driven. And when God puts a vision in my heart and our deacon's heart and our pastor's heart and, and we start to feel this thing grow and this momentum and what's happening, I can, I can wake up pretty eager. You can ask my wife. I'm pretty eager to get out into my day. I like a lot getting up and having some time with God and getting started and thinking about. But, you know, have you ever met someone who was really highly gifted but they had no eager anticipation? They, were, they didn't care about whether they used their gifts or not? And they just got another beer instead. They just watched another TV show instead. They just got lazy. There's no motivation. There's just something inside of them that sort of dies, and there's not a willingness to use their gifts on this planet for the glory of God. I don't want you to be like that. I don't want to be like that. I want us to be people who will be eager to do the work that God puts in our hands and suddenly we have life there. We have this, this something that says, I'm really ready to get to work. I want to do this thing that God has called me to do. It's horrible when someone is highly gifted and they never reach their potential to do the God-sized dream that God's calling them to do. So as a church, 
I, I'm warning you, the next five weeks, uh, I think Pastor Jeff speaks next week and then I speak the next four weeks, we're, we're laying out a huge vision for Timberline Church. It's scary, kind of. I mean, I'm, I, I can't even go into all the details yet until we make sure things are written and signed and we have some contracts on some things that, that I can be released to tell you, but it's going to scare you because it's, be, it's got me pretty nervous. But it's bigger than anything I think we've probably ever done. But it's God that's going to help us, and he's growing this in our hearts. And it's very unique what he's calling us to do. And this is what it's going to take. Look at number three in your outline. A God kingdom kind of generosity. Now, this is, this is where it starts to be one of my favorite stories. Because all Moses has to do is say, be released to do your gift. And look at what the people do and how they respond. In verse 3. Moses gave them, the, the people who were building the sanctuary, gave them the materials donated by the people of Israel as sacred offerings for the completion of the sanctuary. People were literally bringing in stuff that they had in their tents, in their places, gold that could be melted down, all this stuff. They just started bringing gifts as an offering. But the people continued to bring additional gifts each morning. Finally, the craftsmen who were working on the sanctuary left their work. They went to Moses and they reported, the people have given more than enough materials to complete the job the Lord has commanded us to do. How cool is that? Stop giving. We have enough. This is phenomenal. The people out of their love and care and eagerness to do what God is putting in their heart are giving in such a, an abundance that it's more than what is needed. I, I started thinking about just, we've had some unique weekends in the last few weeks with especially fall, so a lot of our ministries gear back up. So I don't want you to think this is just a Timberline bragging section of my message. It isn't. We are here to serve, right? But sometimes I don't think people know what all we're doing and what all we're involved in, and it's worth celebrating. Pastor Reza told me that the campus in Windsor, which is going amazing, that they collected about 80 backpacks over these last few weeks for kids, for every foster kid who needed a school supplies backpack uh, going to school in Weld County. They also got 30 crates that they filled up with school supplies that were on the teacher's list to help teachers. Now it's stuff that they have to buy themselves. And so we literally were able to go around and, and pass out and give the teachers all the stuff that they needed. This campus right here, you guys, how many of you did a backpack? For a kid. I mean, look at that. That shows over 300, I think it was. We gave a, a backpack of school supplies to every child in foster care in Larimer County. You guys did that. It's phenomenal. It's, it's just crazy. When We couldn't have even thought of doing that 20 years ago. But I look at this now and the scope of Timberline, and I think what we can do together is just amazing. And I like being a part of something that's so much bigger than my little space. I love being a part of something where we can have a dream that's up here and we go, that seems really weird and really big and really crazy. But then I look at you and I look at what you're doing and I look at God's blessing because listen, here's what happens. When you open the bottom of the funnel a little bit bigger, God makes the top bigger. And that's, that's how it is with God. If you keep it little, why would he make it bigger? You just, you just become the problem. 
And we, we have said for years, this church is a funnel. And we take in and give out a lot of money, a lot of care, a lot of clothing, a lot of food, a lot of stuff. Matter of fact, this is so bizarre. I love this. A guy from our church came up and said, I have 250 refrigerators. <laughs> this sounds like a joke, doesn't it? And these are great refrigerators. He said, I want to make sure they go to good use. I don't know how he ended up with them, but we have them. <laughs> the very next month, we were able to offer them to the victims of the Black Forest Fire in Colorado. And we partnered with a church down there, and we shipped 28 refrigerators down there to people who've lost their refrigerators. We shipped six refrigerators to the Dream Center in Ogden, Utah. Two days ago, on Friday, the Southern Baptist Disaster Recovery Team picked up 50 refrigerators and transported them to Moore, Oklahoma, for people in the disaster and the tornado. It's phenomenal. How does that happen? I don't know. I've got these refrigerators. Uh, talk to us if you need a refrigerator. I, I love it when people are generous. I, I, I want to tell you something. I've met rich people who are generous. I've met rich people who are stingy. I've met poor people who are generous and poor people who are stingy and selfish. And you've got to decide what you're going to be. It's not about the amount of money you have or make. It's a mindset of the will. It's an eagerness to do what God puts in your heart. It's way beyond the monetary stuff. Generosity comes from something other than having more to give. When you get out of your, out of your, give out of your surplus, that's great, but it's not sacrificial. And there are times and seasons in our lives when we give out of sacrifice, and it's not easy, and it doesn't always feel good. But that's what this church has done. That's what you guys have done for a lot of years. I started thinking about possible reasons people give. You know what the first thing I wrote down was? It was, when I really believe in something, I give to it. That's just a fact. I, I believe in organizations that I support, and Bonnie and I support financially, because we believe in what, it, we believe it makes a difference. And our little 35 bucks a month to sponsor a child or, or whatever, however much it is, it makes a difference in someone's life. <laughs> it wasn't too long ago. I had next to our doorbell at our house, we have a sign that says no solicitors. Okay? How many of you have one of those? Don't bother if you don't. It doesn't work. Okay? <laughs> but anyway, um, we, one of my favorite, one of my favorite moments is the, when the Girl Scouts come to sell cookies. Okay, it's just, it's just a blast to be able to answer the door. And usually there's three or four of them, and it's in their little girl group, right? And there's a girl organizer with her pad and her pen. And she's got her glasses on, and she's ready to write down whatever. Then you have the salesperson. They're leading the pack. And they are dangerous. <laughs> right? And then you have two witnesses to do whatever they're supposed to do. Okay? They don't really know why they came today, but they know... They're happy they came because they're with these two leaders. And so they come to the door, and sure enough, and, you know, the salesperson looks at me and says, I'm sure you're going to want to buy some Girl Scout cookies today. And I'm like, oh, I love Girl Scout cookies. And she says, I know, by looking at your history, you definitely like peanut butter and chocolate. <laughs> I said, yeah, I do. I'll, I'll take a couple boxes of those. She said, there's a special price if it's by the dozen. 
12. I don't need a dozen. I'll just take 12. I'm signing this thing. Then she says, may I tell you my personal favorites? I said, okay. So she pulls out this one. This has caramel. This, has, this is amazing. When you bite into this, this could change your life. I mean, she's, she is on it. She is selling. She's like, would you like to buy four or five boxes of those? I said, sure. <laughs> and somehow you don't mind when they come and collect the money and, and you pay the bill and you see these beautiful little girls and you know they're learning and all the stuff that's going on because you believe in stuff. Guys, that's why as a church, when, when we believe in God, we believe in the kingdom. We believe in this book. He loves the poor. He loves the needy. He cares about the homeless. He cares about the helpless. We are agents planted on this earth to do God-sized stuff. And we can do it. And together what we can do is astounding. I just, I'm just so pumped about that right now. We want to help. We want to be part of something bigger than ourselves. Number four, teamwork gets the job done. Teamwork gets the job done. It's fascinating what's actually stated in the text here in Exodus, okay? Um, in verse 6, Moses gives out this command. Are you ready for this? I love this. So Moses gave the command, and this message was sent throughout the camp. Men and women, don't prepare any more gifts for the sanctuary. We have enough. So the people stopped bringing their sacred offerings. Their contributions were more than enough to complete the entire project. Wow. It's enough. Because everybody did what God put in their heart to do, and they sacrificed to make it happen. I love this journey. It's, just, it's not a gimmick. Giving isn't about a gimmick. Giving isn't about someone pressuring you. If that's it, run. I don't want to be pressured to give. It's called an offering for a reason. It's because you are offering it. You are giving it. You believe in it. You're doing it because you want to. There's desire. It's not because you feel guilty because someone is pressuring you. That's not giving. And, and I just encourage you today to think about, we're, we're taking our one-day offering at the end, and, and we have a huge vision we're going to launch over the next four or five weeks and it's going to involve your giving, your willingness, your partnership, your gifts. And when you see the vision and you hear about what it is, you're going to go, wow, I, I think I want to be a part of that. I can't do all of that, but I can be a part of that. And it's, it's going to be exciting for us as a church to do this. What matters most, I think out of everything that I've been talking about, I put four or five little bullet points at the very end here so I can just say from my heart what really matters most. It, it's wonderful that the sanctuary was, was done that everyone brought all the stuff. That's, that's wonderful. That's the tangible material. Sometimes the material parts of a project, the money part, is the easiest part. But number one is this, the spirit of unity and cooperation. Unity and cooperation. Listen, I want you to know this. Timberline is a church walking in unity, not uniformity. You, you have different gifts and needs you know, if you love everything about Timberline, you are clinically dead. There's stuff here that's going to bug you. There's worship styles you don't like. There's a dress code you wish we had that we don't have. There's something different. You don't like that people bring food and coffee into the sanctuary. 
How many times have I answered that question? You know, I just, I just go to 1 Corinthians and say, the Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Do you put coffee in there? <laughs> this, this is, we know when we built this, look, it's all gonna burn. We don't worship buildings, brick and mortar. This stuff's gonna burn, it's gonna be gone, but it facilitates our vision. It allows us to do this. It allows us to share and talk and believe God. And what is God saying next? So we have to have a spirit of unity and cooperation. I was walking by in an elderly couple the other day, and it was the sweetest thing because he had a cane in this hand, and she was right next to him. He could hardly walk, and he's kind of limping, and probably in their 80s, I don't know, and, and uh, struggling in their health. And they didn't even look at each other, but he just reached over and took her by the hand. And I looked at their hands and I looked down and I saw her kind of squeeze his hand back. And it was just this picture as they strolled down the walkway of unity, of cooperation. I wondered, 60 plus years maybe they've been together? I just don't know, but I want to know their story. I'd love to know. And he's still holding her hand. And it was just this picture of, of me saying, God, I want as a leader to hold your hand. If I'm not holding the hand of God, then we're in trouble. But I also want us to hold each other's hands. I want us to somehow partner with God so that it's truly God helping this church to do the things that he is empowering us to do. Not just a good idea. Not just something that feels fun. But something that comes birthed out of a passion from the heart of God to make a difference in the spiritual life of this community and in the world. That's why I do what I do. That's why I hope you do what you do. The spirit of vision would be number two. These next few weeks, we've waited till fall to kind of bring a lot of this news to you because it's been building up in terms of planning and prep. We're gonna really open it up and talk about what are the open spaces. We're calling this whole campaign open spaces because we believe God's calling us to put people and churches in the open spaces in our world where there's not enough witness, where there's darkness, the spirit of vision. I love this. I keep this in my office. I'm not mad at anybody. Don't get nervous. Uh, <laughs> this is a shovel, as you can see. Someone painted it copper or else they bought it this way to make it look dressed up and fancy. It says this on it. Groundbreaking shovel, September 25th, 1977. How many of you were around back then? Over on LeMay when they put this shovel in the ground before they built that building. Anybody? One, two, three, four. Not a lot of you. Those four people in this room, in this service, they made this happen. You're a part of what they did then. Do you know that? Say thanks to those four people, would you? I used this same shovel. Matter of fact, I noticed it still has the dirt line of how deep I went into the ground right below this pulpit. We pulled a trailer out here. We came from a service over on LeMay. Anybody with us then? Yeah, look at that, a few more of you. And we put this shovel in the ground, trusting God on this 35 acres that there would be a lighthouse that would be for the glory of God. Again, not a building, 
but a facility that would be used to facilitate God-sized vision and God-sized dreams. I love looking at this because all of you are a part of that. And now together, here we are at this level, doing more than we've ever done in our history. God is still saying, he's not saying I'm done, you did it. He's saying, you ready for your next task? And now there's more of us to do it. Now there's other campuses that are gonna help us. Now it's getting easier rather than harder. And I just love that. That's what the spirit of vision does. Man, I need to hurry. Number three, the spirit of discipline. <laughs> the spirit of discipline. Because Pastor Mark's gonna come and join me in just a couple minutes to talk about the one day offering and where the money's going. I wanna be able to get the job done. Discipline matters to me. I was uh, coming through Laporte yesterday when the pro cycle uh, group came through there. How many of you know we had the cycling team come through? It was amazing. I don't know if you got to see them. And I first saw them, uh, and it was like, man, I, they look like they're going pretty fast. <laughs> and then they were kind of coming at me for one point, and so it was kind of more like, that looks kind of fun. I think I'd like to try that. Get my mountain bike out. Get some nice matching spandex. <laughs> nice little helmet, you know, some stripes on it. Feel good looking in the mirror. You know what I'm saying? get out there with them, and then I saw how fast they were going, especially uphill, and I thought, you know, I bet this is not their first day to do this. <laughs> how many hours do you think those cyclists have been on that bicycle before yesterday? Thousands, thousands. Do you think they ever wanted to quit? Yeah. There's lessons learned. You're gonna to wanna to quit sometimes in this kingdom of God stuff because it's not always easy, but we're not gonna quit. And we're gonna hold hands and we're gonna get there together. Spirit of accountability, number four. Being accountable as an individual and being accountable as a church. You guys, I want you to know something. I wanna stand accountable at this desk as a church leader. I'm not an independent guy who wants to do anything by myself. I want accountability in my life. I want a base of pastors and deacons around my life, our team, and I want you to be able to know you can trust that. When we say we're gonna do something, we're gonna do it, and we're gonna give it our all. The last thing is the spirit of determination. I've never been a quitter, but it takes a mentality in the tough times to say, God, what's next? We will do it, and God will take us up on it. I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous even to talk to you about some of the doors that have opened and why we're gonna be doing the things we're gonna be doing. It's gonna challenge you. But I think when it's all said and done, the day's gonna come when we look back at this, these next few weeks and we go, God's hand was upon this place to do mighty things that could have never been done without it. I wanna be a part of that. <laughs> That's an exciting time. Lord, thank you, I'm full. My, my heart, my life is full. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for helping us and leading us. And I just pray you'll plant seeds in people today to know that they are gifted. They are gifted. That it is enough. We have enough in this room. We have enough in this fellowship to do everything you're asking us to do. We believe you with it. If God's prompting you to say, I need to use my gifts more, for the kingdom of God, whatever that means. That doesn't even mean here in the local church. It could be in the community, in a school system, in wherever. But you just feel a prompt to say, I wanna really utilize those gifts God's given me in a way that's kingdom-minded. Lift your hand up. I just wanna pray over you. God, I ask you 
for every person now who has a compelling to say, use my gifts. God, use the ability to build computers and software, to cook, to refresh, to dream, to do business. God, I just pray you will use every aspect of every person in this room to use their gifts for the glory of God. Lord, for some, how many of you, just be honest, you, you know you have some gifts, but you've not been eager. You've, you've, you've kind of sat on them a little bit. I'm not condemning you. I'm just saying if you know, it's not laziness. Maybe it's just you haven't had the right opportunity or you're busy, but you would say, I want a new eagerness for God to help me to say, I want to use this gift. I know it can be used more than I'm using it now. Would you lift up your hand? Let me just pray for strength. God, you know, you see our hearts and hands. These people are gifted. Put an eagerness in them to do it. Put an eagerness in them to get up and think about their day and be excited. Lord, I just pray that you'll help us do that. And finally, Lord, those that don't know you personally, that don't have a mission in their life, a purpose for living for, would you just, would you knock on their heart right now? If you know you're not at peace with God, maybe you don't even believe in God. He believes in you. Listen to me. He believes in you. He created you for destiny and purpose. I'm going to invite you to just say a prayer. It's a simple prayer. Lord, I'm trying to believe. I'm asking to have a relationship with you. I sense that I do need forgiveness in my life. And I believe in you. Because you took my sin and died on the cross and rose from the dead, I'm, I'm giving my life to you. And I'm going to trust you for a greater purpose and mission in my life. I give you my all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. our prayer team to come and be available to pray with you. Don't be afraid to come up here and let us connect with you and take a hand and just pray with whatever need is in your life. Otherwise, I want you to go out of here and make a difference. Remember, every moment counts. The presence of God in your life. And as we say it usually, the service starts now. Go make a difference. God bless you. Tables in the mall. Have a great weekend. Thanks for coming to Timberline.